0: Episode 66 of the Pilot. The Pilot podcast takes off now. My
1: name is Alex Abad. I'm out of uh, Manhattan Beach, California and I'm currently flying a uh, G4.
0: What is going on, AV Nation? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin and I am your host. Today, I'm talking with Alex Abad, who is quite possibly the coolest pilot on Instagram. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but it's just not even close. He is doing some amazing things in the G4, flying some awesome people, going out surfing, riding dirt bikes. He has a Ford Raptor. He just does some really cool stuff. And AV Nation, I was really honored to be able to tell his story. His story was, Amazing, and he just has some great insight. He has some great perspective on how the unique way that he was able to build his hours, and how he used to work for Red Bull, Then he realized, hey, I want to be a pilot. Quit Red Bull, which no one quits Red Bull, and then becomes a pilot and goes down this crazy road, and now is flying the airplane and has the job of his dreams. Aviation. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can check out our Instagram at Pilot The Pilot, and check out our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Pilot The Pilot. Navy Nation, without any further ado, here's Alex Abad. Alex, what's going on? Thanks for coming on the Pilot the Pilot podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Dude, we have been trying to have this set this up for so long. <laughs> it's been over a year. And I, I, I definitely canceled one. So it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm I, guilty. It's all good, man. I know, I know the feeling. I've canceled on people too. So just life gets in the way. And some days you just need an, an off day from flying. And the last thing you want to do is be on a podcast. So I totally get it. But uh, I'm, I'm pumped to have it's you on, first, man. My first podcast, so okay. you know you're, you're, you're taking that from me. So I'll never I'm get be that tough back. on you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never get this back. I'm very honored. <laughs> Hopefully, it's the first of many. Oh uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> oh, you should start a PUBG po- uh, PUBG podcast. We're just talking about how much you love PUBG. Oh <laughs> uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll have a bunch of. I'll have more DMs from more dudes
1: yeah, asking you video
0: games now than airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If that's a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> no, I guess it's what, time will tell. <laughs> well cool man let's go ahead and get started first question i ask everyone when i start the podcast is why aviation what was the uh, original interest for you to get into the aviation industry
1: uh yeah so it goes way back uh you know i was like your typical i don't know i guess typical dude then but uh just like airplanes cars motorcycles whatever was had an engine i was pretty interested in and um I did grow up right next to LAX. So that's probably has something to do with, you know, seeing airplanes and all that. Probably a little longer. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't say that I have like this crazy love for airplanes or aviation in general. I just think it's really fu- something really fun to do. And I, I, I do, I do think airplanes are, I'm still kind of an airplane geek in that sense. It's just think like mm-hmm. they're just the machines in general. I think it's something really cool that, as you become a pilot, it's uh, it's neat to operate like pretty you know uh, expensive and high tech, high power machines. Whether it's a car, motorcycles, airplanes, you know. Um, and I started flying out of Hawthorne, California. I took my first intro flight when I was thirteen years old. Dang. Uh, and then when I turned fourteen, I started flight training every Tuesday after school. That's crazy. Um, So it's just once a week. Yeah. It's kind of just like get my feet wet. Um, and, uh, really like just, it was just kind of like part of my routine. I would surf and then I would go fly. And, uh, yeah. So when I turned 16, yeah, my 16th birthday, I, my dad drove me to the DMV. I got my driver's license. Then I drove to the airport and did my first solo. That's wild. Yeah. It was a pretty crazy day. Like looking back at like, My pictures of when I first flew an airplane by myself that day. Like it was a 152. (laughs) I I had like no business flying. (laughs) Right. A child. Yeah.
0: Your parents, why did you let me do that? (laughs) Yeah. I
1: mean, this is like a long time ago. I was in like like huge like Osiris shoes. Like I think I almost (laughs) maybe had to sit on a pillow to see over the dash of a one fifty two. Yeah, and then did that. And then um, um I got my license on my 17th birthday and
0: and The rest gets, the rest kind of is crazy. Yeah, you know, but it goes. What? Um, uh, did anyone in your family were they pilots before? You were the first pilot in your family.
1: Um, my dad, like as I was doing my flight training, he, um, he got his private as well. Kind of cool. like not, not alongside me, but we were going to the, you know, same, same deal. Um, he got his private, and then he stopped there. Um, I don't actually even think he ever flew ever listens to this he might he might freak out but i don't know if he ever flew <laughs> by Call himself him <laughs> i don't know if he ever flew by himself after he got his license i'm, oh, I'm really? not sure maybe like once or twice yeah so uh, um he still has his license but it's it's definitely not current
0: i don't, I don't think he's flown and i don't know 15 years. Oh dang. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of just kind of like a father son thing. Like, you know, you didn't do it together, but like maybe you were influencing him to go get it. And once, once I mean, you kind I of, I
1: don't blame him. I was like 14. Yeah. He's dropped me off at the airport, spending all this money. So he's like That's, that looks pretty cool. Like maybe I want to get some, yeah. to
0: it's like, screw Alex. Like, I'm spent spend yeah. all this money on him. I want to do that too. Yeah.
1: I, I was, I was su- super fortunate that they were in a place to uh, help me out with that. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, I had my pilot's license in high school, and I had my instrument rating shortly after that, which was kind of nuts. Because um, this is like almost pre-cell phones. I'm like dating myself here kind of gnarly. But like we'd go flying to Catalina and stuff after class with like my buddies or like a girl or whatever. And then it would like never fail that their parents would end
0: up Freaking out because they figured their kid went in a little plane after after class normal dates in high school are like going to the movie theater Alex is taking girls to Catalina (laughs) like you did up like the ice cream shop or whatever and we were just like buzzing around LA which
1: is awesome so gnarly because I mean when you look back at what you know when you have your private you think you're like basically maverick and then you get your commercial and all this stuff and then you go to school and get an ATP and all stuff, and you look back and you're like, man, I was so dangerous. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I
0: knew absolutely nothing. Knew literally nothing. <laughs> When I was building my time, one of my my mentor that I had, he was telling me, he's like, Hey, man, how much time you have? And I was like, Oh, you know, like 750 hours, you know, I'm flying a 310, Seneca, Aztecs, Turtle Commanders. And I was like, I know, I felt like I was like the best pilot ever. And he's like, yo, be careful because that's like the worst time. That's when you think you know everything, but you honestly, absolutely know nothing. (laughs) He's like, be careful because like that's just where the false confidence comes in and you really think you can do everything and you haven't really truly been humbled by the industry yet
1: yeah like the thing is when like at at that stage, you know it, it just depends on your age too, like I was too young to like to almost know better yeah. it's, it's almost like when you're you know when you're sixteen or seventeen, and like most people crash a car once or twice in their life, yeah, and they're like, oh, what happened? you're like, well, I'm sixteen and like I bought a mustang, you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. or like it's like well, no, yeah, like I was like way over sense, my head, yeah, you know, and like I didn't really know better like I I went flying once, uh, when I was on a, just solo building my time at a 152 and, you know, like th- this just shows like why 16 year olds need to be careful when they go flying. But like, you know, you have maneuvering speed, which says like, you know, you can make any input to the controls, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it won't hurt the airplane. So you're 16. So I'm like, let's, let's like check that out. You know? <laughs> so I'd, Exactly. Yeah. Like, like right now I'd be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I, I, you know, like I'm. That's great. I'm sure they yeah. will do it. But back then I was like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's check, check this out. So <laughs> I pushed forward as hard as I could <laughs> in a 152, the seatbelt broke. It was so oh, old. Shoot. <laughs> I flew up into like a little ceiling thing and like half he ended up in the back. Um, basically going straight down to the ocean and anyways, got the whole thing all sorted out. But, uh, it's stuff like that. Like only a 16
0: year old will do, you know? Yeah. So. Had to have it's a change like, of pants probably when he came back down. You're like, yo, mom, bring me some new pants. Eh? No, I was
1: I was just like, damn, you're stupid. <laughs> it's just like
0: lessons like that, yeah. you know, where you're like, and it's everyone's like, well, why'd you do that? And you're like, uh, I was so 16. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even you can say this, uh, like aviation, you learn from your mistakes, you know, like not necessarily Absolutely. saying you should make that mistake, but like, the, the, how you figure out how to land a crosswinds is you, you kind of take a crosswind that you're not necessarily the most comfortable in and you figure it out and then you you get more comfortable doing that way and whether it's other stuff like you take off too heavy one time you're like i'm never doing that again or you fly too close to a thunderstorm that absolutely not so you definitely learn from your mistakes
1: yeah a lot of it like is a mature like a maturity thing obviously yeah. when you're when you're that young you're like making mistakes just because you weren't really thinking and then as you get older and progress through aviation you will make mistakes but a lot of them you you knew better. Yeah. You know, like that's the difference is like, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. And then the other ones are, are like actual, just real mistakes where, you know, the weather or something like that. You were like, you say like, I'll never do that again. That was something that, you know, it kind of snuck up on you mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I think are actually the more, the more dangerous ones when you're unaware of like that, there's something around you that is dangerous. Yeah. Um. So it it's with time, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think having 10,000 hours or having a thousand hours is any, is really like you're better than the other person. It just depends on how you learn from your mistakes, mitigate your risks and kind of look, look at the big picture of the flight from point A to point B and um, have like a good understanding of, of what's going on. And especially with today, you have no excuse with like for flight and all these things, all this technology in the cockpit that we have to look up. Right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Before, you know, I mean, when I started flying King Airs, we, we were still using paper charts. I mean, when, when the iPad came around, it was like, this is insane. Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. Well, so now,
0: even on top of that, I have a, I feel like a latitude and I have a G5000 on there. It's like, I have 20 different ways to see where this airplane is and where the weather is and how high I am or vertical distance, like everything, it's wild. It's like, there's no reason to have any kind of spatial disorientation with this airplane anymore.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, You hear of these guys still flying into thunderstorms and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, how
1: did how did that happen?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like you said, though. It's like they don't know better. Or I like how you put it. It's like there's really like the ten thousand hours and the thousand hour pilot there's only a difference in the skill level and in the type of pilot they are if they've learned from those mistakes. If you still have a 10,000 hour pilot making the same mistakes he did at 1,000 hours and he's no better than that thousand hour pilot, he's not willing to learn, you know, in some ways he might be worse cause he's, he's a cowboy and he's out there just to do his own thing. But if you can learn from those mistakes then you'll be a good pilot. Yeah. I mean, and, and another thing is too, you know, these guys have all this,
1: this time and then, you know, they've, they've gotten away with certain things mm-hmm. so then it becomes acceptable you know, like oh, I've done it before and you know, it worked out and Hey, that's great, man. But like, you know, it yeah. might not
0: work out again. Yeah, you so, probably shouldn't uh, bust minimums into the
1: into yeah, Aspen. I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to be a part of it. So yeah, yeah we, don't even get, we don't even get close to minimums at Aspen. No, but, not um, at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I have just about 8,000 hours now total time. And I still kind of approach every day. The same as like, we're, we're going flying. Um, you know, it's an open conversation with the crew and there's nothing that we do that I consider dangerous by any means. And like where I'm at with aviation, I try to kind of tell everyone is like, if you're hesitating about something or you're even like, let's take a second or third look at this, let's shoot this approach for the third time. Get just get out of there. You're over it. Something's not right. if, if, If you're sitting down and you're crunching numbers and, Oh, I don't know. And, I'm not really sure that that is, that is your, your training, whether you know it or not saying you shouldn't be doing this.
2: Yeah. I like that. That's and, good.
1: And that's kind of how I fly the airplane and kind of run the whole deal. And if there's something that I feel is kind of gives you that, that weird feeling, just don't do it. It's, yeah. it's not a big deal. And you will actually gain a lot more respect from your passengers, your crew. Cause, uh, safety is the number one thing. P- people think that, Oh, my job is to get these people to where they're going as fast as they can. And, you know, you know, they got to get to these meetings and stuff. And your actual job as a pilot is to get everyone to and from their destination safely. Yeah. Alive. Including, including <laughs> yourself. Exactly. So, you know, you're, you're sitting in the front of the airplane. We hit something like the pilots are going to die first. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of guys, you know, there, there's no rush. There's no anything. There's there's proficiency and there's rush. There's a big difference. So being uh, proficient and being ready to go and understanding the, the the mission for the
0: day, but also being being safe. Absolutely. I know we do, um, crew briefs every single time we fly with a new captain and I always make sure to tell them like, obviously I'm the first officer captain, but I still throw it in. It's like, Hey, like my main goal is to go home and see my wife and be at home. It's like, I do not want to be in any situation that I could compromise that. So if long we're on the both page there, then we'll have a good tour and we'll be good. <laughs> but exactly. if that ever gets to be a question, it's like, we're doing something else. and safety is coming first for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, uh, you know,
1: just, just taking it easy. And wow. it, it, I always tell everyone, I'm like, you know, we're flying a Gulf Stream, We're not flying the space shuttle. It's not a moon landing. Everything's right. going to be fine. <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all going to work out. Well, either we get there, we, we hang out here and it, it is what it is, but we'll do whatever we'll do the best that we can for that day. And that's all you can do.
0: Yeah. That's probably a testament to your training too. What was, talk a little bit about the training that you had when you were, when you were coming through. You said that you obviously did it really young and you did some stupid stuff when you're young, but kind of talk about, um, the, the the instructors you had and kind of your progress going through training? Yeah. So
1: I was uh, pretty fortunate uh, with my training, the way it worked out. So the instructor that I had um, basically up, up through my commercial, um, well, just up until he, he took me up to my, my commercial multi instrument, mm-hmm. um, which is basically the whole thing. Uh, but um, he was an older gentleman um, and he was in the military. He was a military instructor he basically had to choose you as a student. You oh, couldn't wow. really, yeah. So he would kind of sit down and decide whether he wanted to teach you or not. Um, so the, f- my, my instruction for the most part was like extremely hands on. It was all in the, in the airplane. It was all like stick and rudder flying. We would maybe spend, I'm not going to mention his name, but we would maybe <laughs> spend like 15 minutes in the classroom and then we'd go out and fly for three hours. Um, um, and it was everything that you would maybe do a few times in your flight training was our, was our day to day. Yeah. Like stalls were just the way that we like warmed up for our maneuvers. Oh, Uh, and then we would do, I'm sorry, uh, spins. So we would do spins and then we'd get those out of the way every day. And, uh, then you'd get into like, you know, your seat train, slow flight stalls, uh, whatever it was. So, you know, he, he made all the stuff that was uncomfortable, like basically to the point where it was like, so routine, um, short approaches, we would look for the biggest crosswinds we could find in Southern California and we'd fly there. And that's where we would do our pattern work for the day. Dang. So nothing was like, you know, it, the winds are calm, let's go fly there. It was always like, this place looks bad. Let's go, let's go <laughs> up there. And that's, that's how you're going to learn. And it's uh, it was really challenging. It was, he was uh really hard, but it was also he he was a great instructor uh you know he wasn't just trying to get you through the get you to take your checkride he wanted you to be a, like a good pilot absolutely uh, yeah so it was cool I, I had that so it was a very like unconventional way of learning how to fly which obviously then when you go to take your checkrides and you get ready to sit down for oral you're like Oh boy. <laughs> you know, like you haven't really sat down yeah. and studied much and uh, throughout your career of, of getting your ratings, but, um, yeah, it, it all worked out. Uh, so th- that's kind of, that was my flight training. It was, it was much more stick and rudder and it's definitely, I've noticed it today. You know, um, I have no problem taking off autopilot, auto uh, throttles, flight directors, everything. It, it's not like, Oh boy, it's just like, okay, cool. This yeah, is it's just cool. a, it's just an airplane. So let's fly the plane. Um, yeah, flies. There was no the autopilot. There was no, I mean, we had all the pilot and some of the airplanes that we flew later on and, you know, and ask him, hey, can I put it And He's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's like, you know, he's like, I know the autopilot can fly. So we do cross countries <laughs> and everything was all hand flown, So it was great. Um, you know, up until my, basically, uh, I started flying professionally. I really never used an autopilot. That's awesome. Uh, anything. So it was good. Yeah. The first over a thousand hours, it was all all hand flying. So I highly recommend that to a lot of people not to rely on the automation when you don't need it uh, in your flight training. Uh, Obviously use it to, you know, when you're overloaded or, you know, you're an IMC and all that stuff. But um, if you have the opportunity to hand fly in in your flight training is where you have the opportunity to hand fly and and really hone your skills. Because once you get into a bigger airplane, you're really not going to be I mean, you're not really going to be hand flying for hours. You might have no. the first 15 minutes and then, you know, the last 15 minutes or whatever you choose, but if that you, yeah, <laughs> yeah it depends. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the weather, but so you, you know, your skills are going to diminish. So I, I always tell all these young guys, I'm like that this is your time to, to not be lazy and really learn how to fly the airplane yeah. don't, don't be afraid to maneuver it and practice short approaches and practice your practice everything because you're not going to be doing soft field landings. You're not going to be doing short approaches unless you're flying a turbo prop, uh, for short approaches, but stuff like that, you're going to be, it's going to be pretty standard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like you said, uh, learn how to fly the plane and be comfortable flying the plane because when you do have to take over from the autopilot kicks off, it's going to be the worst weather you're, you can possibly, you're going to be in the soup and mad turbulence, probably closer to the thunderstorm than you want to be. And you're just going to have to fly the plane and you need to know how to fly it. So you better learn early rather than later. Yeah. We, we had a flight a a
1: while back and we were coming from, uh, Puerto Rico to Van Nuys and we were having some issues with, with the automation and the autopilot and wasn't kicking on. And I was flying with a, a, a contract SIC and, and he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, we'll just, I'm going to hand fly it. And he's like all the way home. I'm like, if I have to, <laughs> yeah." It's, like, it's an airplane, <laughs> and, and, and I know how to fly. <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, eventually it, it ended up, we were able to sort the issue out, but for about two hours, I hand flew like oh, past Miami and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, look, man, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's still an airplane and I'm not going to divert us because of an autopilot issue. If, if it was malfunctioning where was turning the airplane or it's, you know, it's doing something that it's like, you know, this, this thing is making some, you know, control inputs that are invalid. It just wouldn't, it just right. wouldn't kick on.
0: <laughs> if it's trying to kill you, that's a different story, but yeah, if it's, it's just so like, it
1: all right, and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, so, and you know, nine out of 10 times it's, it's going to sort itself out. Yeah. And you definitely don't want to divert the airplane and cost a bunch of money if you really don't have
0: to so oh, yeah and then uh so yeah you fly it back home to your base and then you can get your home maintenance to take care of it and you don't have to contract it out and it just makes it better for everyone yeah yeah but it's, it does uh, suck
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's it's one of those things I i knew deep down inside it was going to turn back on but yeah. if you can fly for two hours it's not a big deal and no. it's uh and the the passengers never knew and uh it's just i mean you get it all trimmed out right
0: off you go. You should have hit him with that. Uh, well, I know the autopilot can fly, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, are yeah, your airplane. Yeah, your instructor comes out like your turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go back so. and hang out with the passengers. Good luck.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of was my flight training and off on that weird tangent, but uh I was pretty fortunate. It was a I had a lot of fun in flight training. I actually yeah. really looked forward to flight training. No
0: way. That's weird. That's random because I feel like people don't look forward to flight training at all. And I like you said earlier, I liked how he did spins. He made spins in normal just a normal thing because it's it's not a normal thing for a lot of students. It's a one time lesson. It's like usually at near the end of your training. It's like oh yeah, we got to do the spin requirements, and then they're they're petrified of it and they don't want to ever do it again. But it's just a, an airplane is very capable in a spin, at least a 172, a plane that can be spun. You know, so it's yeah. Uh, but then you see on the news all these guys like VMCing,
1: yeah. and spinning and stalling and stuff, and I'm like, I don't, you know. I don't. Again, I'm not flying the airplane. Out. I'm not the crash investigator and right. stuff like that. But you wonder. Again, th- th- I don't. I don't want to. People are going to like freak out because you know I'm passing <laughs> judgment. It's not like a 737 Max conversation. But oh, no. you know, you uh, know, <laughs> uh, you know, you wonder what what it would have been if if they had more training. Because I I know it's not typical that people are going through spin training. No, not at all. You know, I agree. More than five times throughout yeah. th- their training. You know, so we probably did it. uh, I mean, literally hundreds of times. So it was something I looked forward to.
0: Yeah, I did. I think I did my spin training one time when I got my private pilot license. It was probably for like thirty minutes. We just did spins, and then when I was doing my CFI, which I never followed through with because I got my job after that. But my instructor was really old school, and he was kind of like your instructor. He's like, "No, we're doing a spin every which way we can possibly get into one." Yeah, <laughs> we we're up there for like two hours just spinning the plane. And I was like, "All right, dude, I get it. I'm tired of these spins." But yeah, I mean, it, he was comfortable with it, and he always told me that I did the rest of my training in North Carolina. And he said, "You can't, you can't do a full spin in a plane." for more than two turns in North Carolina, but back in West Texas, he could do a full spin for 20 turns and stuff yeah. like that. So he was, exactly. uh, he was, we'd, a, just go, we'd go out over the ocean, you know, but I mean,
1: in all reality, you, you, like with flight training, there's two things. There's checking a box mm-hmm. of what you're doing. And there's also understanding what's inside that box. Yeah. So just cause you did the spin and you, you checked it, Hey, we did it. I'm good. Do you really understand what just happened? Like, were you really where were you during that whole maneuver? Were you like understanding? Cause the first, I mean, for the first, like five, five spins, I was like, you know, you're kind of like, Oh, Holy crap. moment, You know? (laughs) So it takes, it takes time until you're like, I I got this, you know, until you're totally like seeing the gauges and you're seeing what's going on versus your instructor saying like one spin, two spin, you know, right. you know, ailerons, rudder, throttle, all that stuff, and you're just like, what?
0: That's so funny. <laughs> he said, you said like, oh crap, like holy crap, because yeah, it, I mean, that first sight picture is wild. Like the airplane going straight down to the ground. Like my first thought was like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like yeah. hold on to something. It's like we're going down. But once yeah. you figure it out, you know exactly what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and it's it's hot for the most part. You're yeah. some little plane. The stall warning's going off. The th- prop, you can barely hear your iPad, all your stuff's on your lap. It's like, I mean, there's a lot going on. It's not like you're sitting there having a cup of coffee and the thing flips over and right. it's like, it's, there's just a lot going on. So uh, I think it takes some time to understand those things and, and it kind of transfers over to yeah. later on down your career.
0: I would agree. Uh, talking about later on your career, what did, uh, how did you build your time? So you said kind of like your first thousand hours, you did a lot of hand flying. Did you become a CFI? Did you do the cargo route? I noticed you said yeah, so, you, you flew uh, King air. Talk a little bit about yeah. that.
1: So, I have like the weirdest k- career through aviation Perfect. and that's why I get a lot of people asking me you know <laughs> how did you do what you did and i'm like man i would I would love to tell you and give you advice, but I kind of just kind of blaze my own trail yeah. so to speak, so my path to to where I'm at now is is kind of irrelevant for other people to try to follow, but <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot more opportunities now than there ever has been oh for sure but, um so I was flying um you know just Renting and you know basically, um I actually used to clean carpets like at night <laughs> and teach surf lessons, and then I would take all that money and spend it on you know whatever, having fun and also flying um and so, kind of like halfway through college, uh I got a job at Red Bull, uh the energy drink mm-hmm. and I started working there, and it was supposed to be a summer gig, and you know how that goes. I was twenty, and then fast forward six and a half years I was still there and oh, uh, had a had a great position with them uh in action sports and it's marketing and I ran a what was called our special ops program. And it was everything from airplanes to surfing to moto. So it was like a great fit for me, all the stuff I grew up doing. Um through like the last two years I um became involved with the off-road racing teams, uh like in the, all the Baja racing, like Baja 500, 1000. Um and they had uh some airplanes. So I would spend a lot of my time with uh with my best friend um flying in Baja chasing the truck. So we would do like so radi- cool. radio relays and we would kind of like, you know, it's just overall safety of the airplane yeah. kind of above you watching. It was in a 210. So um I built a lot of time like that. Uh I flew skydivers out of uh Oceanside for a little while in uh, a Pac
0: 750 XL, which is a Crazy. Oh, dude, that's hilarious yeah. because I just saw that plane. I posted on Instagram. I said this is the ugly one of the ugliest planes I've ever seen yeah, in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: like, it's like if Pilatus had like a really like, you know, like it's like an ugly stepchild.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a Pilatus and a TBM had a really ugly baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly what it looks like. But yeah. It is super fun to fly. That's what I heard. I got so much crap yeah. for that picture. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's yeah, people are like, yeah, I mean it's a it's cool crazy. Plan. Yeah, it's it's sticking rudder. It's like got a full. Like center stick between your legs, just really fun. Uh, I did that for a little while, Um, and then I spent a a brief time up in the desert at a company called Chalk Two, flying uh, UAV chase, which is a a General Dynamics contract. Um, So basically, you have like your RQ ones, MQ ones, like all the Predator drones that are flying out up in up in Victorville in the valley. And when they're in civilian airspace, they have to have a human following them because if they go like all crazy you got to have a chase so you'd fly in a 210 behind it and you chase it for five six seven hours so it's a great time building gig
0: that's crazy Uh, yeah
1: yeah. how'd you even find that um actually my uh old my dpe was the one that like set us up with that he's like hey this is a great opportunity for you guys to build time so they're still doing it Uh, i actually recommend all guys out in la if they ever want to Try to get on with them. Uh, you can. It's. It's. You're just flying a 210. I think they have a Mooney, a 182. They're out of Apple Valley. Okay. And uh, yeah, you can build time, and you're flying like maybe 10, 20, 30 feet behind a like a Predator drone. So it's it's,
0: it's pretty crazy. You, <laughs> Do you have you any can- good stories from that of like trying to chase down a Predator drone that's gone crazy?
1: <laughs> uh yeah, they will completely outperform you. And I was going to say, how do
0: you keep up with it?
1: Yeah. Like if if the thing, if they throttle up and don't tell you, it it just like, I mean, it's gone. Game over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I was, I mean, I've seen them do all kinds of crazy stuff where the thing is like oscillating. And I mean, it's like rolling around and, but they're, you know, a lot of times they're they're testing systems. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was not there for this day, but I missed it by, you know, uh, one day, but there was a day where the one of the drones landed on the other drone on the runway. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a $80 million, you know, catastrophe. <laughs> that's
0: almost <awful. laughs> that's, that's a bad day in the military world right there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, like you're in your little, you're in the, like your little metal can and the guy next to you is like, Hey, I, I think I just landed on yours. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it was really cool. So it's a, it's a good program. I didn't spend too, too much time there. My, my, uh, my buddy did, he was up there for about a year. Okay. Uh, and so, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. So I was doing that. And then, um, I was flying this two tent out of Hawthorne still where I was, where I grew up flight training. And that's when, um, a company called advanced air, they're still there. They were kind of just getting started. Um, they had one King air. I, I want to say it was one. And then, uh, as I was in the FBO one day, this is how it always seems to work out. and they the owner, and at the time I believe he was a chief pilot, he was like, yeah, you know, we just bought a second King Air and we're going out to uh, Wichita to pick it up, King uh, King Air 350. And I said, oh, you know, who, who's going out there with you? And, and he goes, oh, it's just me. I go, oh, you know, I'll go out there and I'll, I'll fly home with you if you want. He goes, yeah, that'd be cool. And he goes, it'll be on uh, Monday morning. And I booked myself a ticket out of LAX to, out to, I think they're in Wichita. Yeah. Um. Yeah out to Beechcraft and showed up in the lobby and he was like, Oh, I, I, I didn't think that you were serious. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. It's, Absolutely. You know, the things awesome. that we do so, for
0: multi-time, man. <laughs>
1: dude, and, and at the time, like, you know, the job market was not like it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I think I had just over a thousand something hours or two, I forget what I had, maybe 15, 2000 hours, whatever it was. So yeah, we hopped in, we picked it up and, um, I sat in the right seat and he, I flew it home. Uh, he let me fly quite a bit. And at the end of it, he's like, hey, man, you're, you're hired if you want a job. Oh, like, shoot. Yeah, that'd be great. I, you know, and um, that's kind of how my 135 life started. Yeah. So I flew with them for about two and a half years. And I was a captain on the King Air 350 for about a year. And I flew the Pilatus as well. Um, it's they've they've grown that, that company's grown substantially now. Like I think they have, I, I don't know how many airplanes they have, but they have a bunch of King Air three fifties Pilatus. They have a, a, a couple Lear jets at the Lear seventy five. Oh, I believe dang, they have a challenge so far. Okay, um, well, don't quote me on that, guys. They're probably gonna listen to it and nope, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah,
0: you're quoted. It's on record. There's no going yeah, back. <laughs> no, yeah, they're,
1: they're they're great. Uh, yeah. They're still at a Hawthorne, and I uh, actually recommend uh, recommended a few of my buddies, and they actually fly over there now. It's a it's a great place to work and fly, and you fly a lot, um, which at an early stage of your career is a very good thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So f- keep moving. I guess I got a phone call to fly a G four. I, well, I had a I had a couple things that didn't pan out, like a Hawker eight hundred job and stuff like that, uh, and then I got a phone call on Christmas Eve, I think it was a guy said, Hey, do you want to, you want to go to school on the G4? And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, It's like,
0: uh, the best Christmas ever. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I was like, yeah. So he's like, I'll call you at the beginning of the year and we'll set you up. So, um, yeah, I, I I flew for them for, uh, eight months. And then I was, um, I moved over to kind of where I'm at now. And, uh, I've, uh, I went from an SIC to PSC in the airplane in just a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've been flying PSC, and then the current aircraft that you guys see me flying, I'm, I'm
0: the lead captain on it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. That's so, awesome, man. That's, uh, yeah. So I have a couple of questions. One of them would be, so obviously you had a full career before you decided, Hey, I'm going to go become like a professional pilot. What was kind of the mindset that you had when you were thinking through the process of quitting your career to become a pilot? Was it a tough decision for you to do? or Did you know that this is what you had to do? It was pretty crazy, man. Like no
1: one really <laughs> quits at Red Bull because it's yeah. such an incredible place to work. Um, so yeah, like I, they had a flight department and they have, uh, Gulf streams and stuff like that. They're all based in Europe and you basically have to kind of be, um, Austrian, which is, that's where the company's based okay. to kind of get into that program. And yeah, I don't know. I, I'd been there for like six and a half years and I, I always knew, you know, I, I'd come this far in aviation. I had like my commercial multi-instrument, you know, I was like, you know, I, I'm not just gonna, I, I gotta try to at least like, you know, I, I always want to fly Gulf streams as a kid. And so I was like, I gotta try to like make a run at that, and at least do it for a little while and see if I like it, you know. And everybody brings up the airline conversation and all kinds of stuff, but yeah, that was kind of next the question. goal. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, I know it's the natural question that yeah. everyone asks. Um, so it, it was just one of those things. Like it was time. I I had you know six and a half years, and I had a, such a blast. But I was like, I'm I'm ready to kind of pursue aviation, you know, full time, mm-hmm. and we'll see how it goes. And it's been. uh. What I tell everybody with, with aviation, it's, it's one of those things like you, you know, you have a business plan or a business model for the year. For the most part, aviation, you'll have a plan and if you do it right, it'll change every year, but it'll be better than what you expected.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
1: I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very hard to project like your actuals of like, I will be doing this at this date. You know, it's, it's not a corporate structure. It's a very, very like, I mean, you're in the FBO one day and you go from a two ten to a King Air three fifty, to and the the salary increases and changes. That there's no other industry really like, it unless you're working for yourself. But yeah. I mean, you can go from making fifty thousand dollars to one hundred fifty thousand dollars that same year. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah
0: that's which is pretty, pretty accurate. What I'm doing right now. So it's I finally got out of the freight world and moved on to a corporate gig, and the money happened. I mean, it just. It does a lot better pretty quickly. And you know, you think you're a starving pilot, but it's like, keep at it. It's like, it's going to change fast for you. So just keep putting in the time and putting in the effort and it will change. That's what I tell everyone. I mean, when I was building my
1: time, it's it's not fun. It's not, it's not like as glamorous as everyone thinks. It's a lot of work, but it does pay off. You know, you're not going to get rich being (laughs) A pilot by any means, you're not going to like, you know, be balling out, but it is a great (laughs)
0: life. And, and if you do it right, you can, you can have a lot of fun doing it as well. Dude, flying, building your time sucks. Like there's no other (laughs) better way to put it, but building your time is absolute worst. And I really wish that there was a better way, like a more defined path outside of just CFI to regional to major airline, you know, like I wish there was a more defined path because there's some really sketchy operators out there. When I flew a single pilot IFR, you, you saw them all the time. You know, you saw these guys just like, Really doing some stupid things and not doing weight and balances and just not paying attention. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? But there's kind of the pressure that company puts on the pilots. Like, hey, if you don't do this, then we'll have someone else do it, you know? So it's like, and it's also the mindset be like, everyone before me has done it this way, so I need to keep doing it this way. It's like, no, <laughs> you need to get out ASAP. <laughs> it's like you yeah. need a new company, you need to move on. But it's just an unfortunate thing, and that's kind of the culture of building time. You know, some people get lucky, never have any issues in their in their whole career, but a lot of people find themselves stuck in just crappy situations with crappy bosses and crappy equipment so it's it's a hot mess sometimes
1: yeah i mean that's it's for, like for sure there's like it, it, some people get a really like golden spoon through mm-hmm. it and other people like really fight hard and, and that's what is tough when you see like some of these like I, I i mean i know in person like really low time pilots that you know knew this person or whatever and they mm-hmm. got into a gulf stream or they're in a global and this and i'm like man that's and that's good for you you know like i'm i'm i You know, but at the same time, I know so many guys that are just grinding and they, you know, they're working their their tails off to get these gigs and they can't, you know, and then you have these other people that have 800 hours that are at, you know, G4, G5, you know, global this initials. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, that's awesome. But gosh, I, I sometimes I, I. I was like the traditional works super hard for it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when you see these, some of these guys, you know, but Hey, that, that just shows you kind of where the industry's going and that yeah. it is, it is the job market is opening up. I mean, I have friends going to the major straight out the gate, um, Southwest United, all kinds of companies are hiring. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, it's good. You know, it, it, that's just the way the world's going to work though. You can't, you can't dwell on those, on those situations. I tell these guys, I'm like, dude, just keep going, keep flying, get as much multi-time as you can and don't burn any bridges, be personable. And you know, the more friends you make, the better off you're going to be. And, uh, that's, that's the biggest thing is just how you carry yourself, especially in private aviation. Cause yeah. a lot of it is
0: who you, who you are and who you know. Without a doubt who you know yeah. will get you that interview and then it's up to you to sell yourself. But just getting that interview is honestly the hardest part is yeah. <laughs> your resume is it's hard to stand out on a pilot resume because they don't, you don't really have any room. All they really look for is your flight time and all they look at is that. So if you can have that one in, which is your buddy, which is a former chief pilot, whatever, but just getting yeah. that interview is, is honestly the most important part and the hardest part. Oh, a hundred
1: percent. And I mean, and then you move on from there and it's like, you know, you get your interview and, everyone's got their flight time. Everyone has the credentials. Everyone's been to this and that, you know, and mm-hmm. I was on this flight team and I did this. So, yeah, that's great, man. But like, are you someone that you want to hang out with? Exactly. In the <laughs> cockpit for, for nine hours yeah. for on the road, or, you know, uh, are you a hard worker? Are you a team player? Are you going to help the flight attendant? There's so many things that you got to look into is this guy, you know, you know, th- is he on time? Is he punctual? Uh, you know what are his mannerisms it, it that's that's really the stuff that you look for is just like someone that will like gel well with like our team
0: yeah for sure i mean you need Man. that yeah honestly it's uh i've flown with some people that's like oh my gosh i want to kill this guy you know and it's like <laughs> he might have known someone that helped him get through the process and maybe overlook that but the most important thing and all there. I mean, I want to say all of them, but 95% of all companies when you're going to interview, they are trying to figure out who you are as a person and try to figure out, can the captain be done with a four-day trip or however long a seven-day trip and not want to kill you? You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> if they don't want to kill you, then we made the best hire ever. If they do want to kill you, then you need to figure something out and change ASAP. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: I just think the biggest thing is, is work ethic. If you have a, the right attitude and you're ready to work and you're you know, just trying to get the job done. And that's the biggest thing I, I kind of, <clears throat> my, uh, the guy that I fly with, I always tell him like, I go, yeah, today, today kind of can suck or whatever we're doing this. But I go, you know, would you rather be digging a ditch with people that you don't like <laughs> or <laughs> digging a ditch with your friends? Right. And I go, dude, we, you know, I'd rather be doing stuff that I don't like, but at least with people that I do like Yeah. And, and uh we'll get it done. And, and it is what it is. I mean, you got to constantly remember we're spending all this time flying to Hawaii and, You know, there are a lot of good times and those times you don't remember them because you weren't really talking about it or complaining about it. You just kind of kind of doing it. Yeah. And then when the when the pop ups come and all this stuff, then it's, you know, that's when uh, (laughs) when you get the Northeast shuttle
0: and you're like, no, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Teterboro to to Ithaca to wherever it's like, no. I don't mind Teterboro, man. Everybody I don't mind hates- Teterboro, but I just don't want to go from Teterboro to like Boston. Like I don't want to stay there. I want to go yeah. there and leave, go there somewhere Dude. else. I We just stay in the city. So I don't, I don't mind Teterboro. Oh, there I, think you they
2: don't,
1: I think I don't hate Tito Bro because everyone hates Tito Bro, and I I like, <laughs> frequently like to do the opposite of what everyone's doing. That's awesome. Yeah, no,
0: I don't hate <laughs> Tito Bro at all either. Tito Bro, because Tito Bro gets stuff done, man. Like New York controllers, like they're some of the best. They're just like do this, oh, do dude. that, do this, do that. If you listen to them and you don't ask any stupid questions, you're gonna have a great time. But as soon as you try yeah. to to show how superior you are, they're <laughs> they're gonna I put love, you in your place.
1: I, I don't know what's his name, but the controller coming to Tito he's one of my favorites. He's like the old
0: guy, he's always working at night, and he's yeah. just like I know who you're talking like, about.
1: So and so eight thousand. You're like all right, donate eight thousand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's yeah, just no you don't waste of time. Mess around. Yeah, that's the best, though. It's like when they know what they're doing. It's when I was flying freight, like I would love to go to the controlled, like the the Bravos and the Charlies, because I feel like the Delta, some of them didn't really like, they're not used to handling a lot of traffic. And as soon as it gets busy, they like kind of freak out. But when you go to the people that know, like the Atlantas, the Charlottes, the LAXs, like they have a flow. They know exactly what they're uh, going to do. Just, they have a spacing. 100% business. Yeah. Yeah. I love business, it, though. It's yeah. just like
1: in, out. You're clear to land. You don't even call them most of the time. Like, yeah. no, we know you're here. We know you're with the final approach fix. You're clear to land two, five left. Any exactly. Questions? Yeah. Like, hey, thank <laughs> don't you. ask us
0: anything unless you really need us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. So that's, that's kind of,
1: I don't know. That's kind of how I got to this point. And yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe because it's such an unconventional kind of way to, to do it.
0: Yeah. I went, um, I went very unconventional too. I've talked about it for another podcast, but I don't know if you know, but I started my CFI really didn't want to be a CFI. Then I did aerial survey in Columbus, Ohio. Then I went to single pilot freight and then I moved up in the corporate world. So I, I kind of. I had a plan to go where I wanted to go in the corporate world and I, I wrote it on paper and I kind of wrote down my game plan and made sure I did it, try to do it step by step and as you said you can't really predict anything in aviation so I took everything as it went and if new and better job opportunity popped up I jumped on it you know it was all about yeah. kind of making myself the best candidate I could possibly be and get the best time because at some point it moves from uh, quantity of time to quality of time. And I wanted to make sure that I could separate myself when they were looking at the resume before they gave me that interview. And that's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I
1: I tell a lot of the young guys, I'm like, look, I I can't tell you how many guys have called me. Oh man, I got, I got this offer and I got this offer, but these guys fly a lot and na, 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 na." And I'm like, dude, like the fact that you have more than one offer is amazing. Yeah, That's not normal how it used to be. And then you, you need to work, for a company that is going to try to fly you like up for the first two years, you should just completely dedicate yourself to it. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you're going to really like build up your time and then set yourself up to, to be eligible to fly a, you know, a heavy jet uh, or, you know, if you want to go to the airlines and you have, you know, international experience, I know mm-hmm. that I know that they do look for a lot of international experience if you're going to, you know, to try to get into a bigger jet, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's changed a lot and, I think quality of life should is is very important, but for your first couple of years, you got to just be like, "Look, I'll take whatever I can yeah, get." Yeah, you got to grind it
0: out, man. Like I know and, that's like the most annoying phrase in the world, but you just have to grind it out. Like <laughs> you just have to fly. You have to. And I like yeah. that you said that because that's so, so true. I have, I mean, and I was
1: there. I mean, I was flying a lot, and I remember yeah. being like, "Why? Why am I doing this? I'm not having any fun." Yeah. Um, but it does pay off, and you know, I get all these messages. Gosh, you know what you're doing looks so great, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, first off, Instagram is a highlight reel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody ever posts like up at one o'clock in the morning and I'm, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's always like beautiful sunsets and airplanes and all kinds of stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't, none of this stuff is, is for the most part handed to you. There, there are instances where it is, but, uh, that wasn't the case and it's all hard work and, and, I believe in make, making your own luck. You know, there is Mm -hmm. a, there's an aspect of getting lucky and, but you cannot rely on that to, for your future. You Uh got to position yourself to when that phone call comes from whoever it is, you say, yeah, you know, I actually, I do have the time or I am, I am flying or, you know, if you guys need 2,500 hours, I'm, you know, I'm at 23, but in, you know, two months, you know, I'll, I'll be there and, or whatever. You know, so you want to be in those positions not to be like, ah, well, you know, I kind of took this Kush gig and I've kind of just been sitting around.
0: It's like, yeah. that's, that's not going to work. No. <laughs> so- you know, yeah. it's uh it's it's funny how you brought up Instagram and kind of just like how it's a highlight reel and how there are times when your job sucks. I think it's important for people to know that the things that you hate about aviation and about your current job, usually your next job is gonna have something you hate as well. It's like every single oh, job has something that sucks and that you hate. The only thing that really gets better in aviation is your pay. It's like even airline pilots. You'll talk to a major airline pilot who's making four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year. I guarantee you the first thing he says to you is, Man, this job's like this sucks about my job. I hate this. And then you'd be like, Why well, aren't you making five hundred thousand dollars like yeah but you know they they rescheduled me on this trip and <laughs> it's like you're always going to yeah. have that that sucky aspect to an aviation job and that's why i like yeah. to tell people if you're in it for the money you're not going to be happy because you're just going to focus on the things that suck too much right i mean y- yeah if you,
1: you can't do it for the money and i tell everyone that the money will come in aviation it, it it's it's there it's just how you you know it just takes time and um it, it's it's really like you do have to have uh, you have to want to do it yeah. and you have to want to work hard and, uh, and be flexible. Uh, and yeah, when it comes to Instagram, I mean, it it's, I can't tell you how many guys that I, that reach out and stuff. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I see all these photos of you sitting in the cockpit or this. And like, oh, I don't even have my private. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you recommend? I do. I'm like, dude, get got your private. I, <laughs> you gotta get your private. Yeah. And I know guys that are flying like with their buddies and twins and, or multis, or whatever you want to call it, and, and they don't have their multi. Huh. And they're like, they're like all over Instagram flying these airplanes. I'm like, that, that, that's amazing. that That's great. It's fun. You, you know, but you, you can't log any of that. Right. Time. It's like, cool. it, it's almost like, you got to get your ratings first. And, and yeah. you got it before you start going all, going big on Instagram and showing everyone who you're riding along with. It's like, get, get your ratings, be legit. That's how you're, because the FA doesn't care whether how popular you are on no. Instagram or how much time you've sat in the right seat of this airplane. If you're not qualified to fly it, it means absolutely nothing. Right? I mean, yes, you're learning and you're absorbing, you know, I I get that. But I actually think it's even worse because when you go to get your ratings, if you do, you're going to be that guy in school. It's like, Oh, well, in this airplane it's like dude (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst good luck yeah it's like this isn't that airplane you gotta you gotta learn you know each way and so that's that's one of the biggest things at school i try to never say like oh well in this airplane it's it was like that yeah but this this isn't that airplane this is this airplane and let's stay on topic
0: (laughs) (laughs) when i went through my type rating we had a a jar kind of like a not a real jar but we if you if you talked about your old airplane or kind of like in this airplane you'd put a dollar in that jar and by the end of the end of the the, the two weeks or the week whatever yeah yeah, yeah, everyone there's like a hundred dollars in that jar yeah so there i was yeah so there i
1: I was like oh here we go again (laughs) Yeah, i'm like always you know class i'm like but but you landed safely right like Mm because you're here yeah. yeah, yeah, everything worked out. I'm Like, all right, cool. Yeah,
0: we could good have story. Saved that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Next. Yeah, it's yeah. like the it's like the but did you die thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then you found twenty bucks. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, next. What's the hydraulic yeah, system yeah. like? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I went from the three fifty to the G four, and I remember you know being like, Gosh, I wonder what's going to be. Are there any similarities? I mean, they're both airplanes, and yeah. that's about how similar. They, King Air weighs like fifteen thousand one hundred pounds on the ground. And, you know, we're at 75,000 pounds. I was in the say you're taking
0: more fuel than what the King Air weighed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, we literally, we're at 29.5 and we can, usually we can put on like with the one that I fly, it's like around like 30.1.
0: So great. we're like, double. Double, like yeah, two, two King, King Airs, Airs on each side. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's crazy when you think of it visually like that, you know, like when you can, can visualize how much your King Air weighs versus the fuel. It's like, I got two King Air 350s in this plane right now. Yeah. And that, that doesn't include like all the passengers and, yeah. you know it's it's honestly it's it's crazy and obviously yeah.
1: in the 550s and all that stuff and they're you know more and but uh yeah for for an old airplane it's it's honestly it's still very impressive yeah, for sure what it, absolutely what it can and it can't do and i mean how relevant they've stayed you yeah. know it's still still fast still flat level 450 and you know it goes for 10 hours so it's
0: amazing yeah. I have the uh, I have the age old question for you, which you're probably really tired of answering, and I feel oh, like I didn't still, I go to the airlines. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like still because I'm not an airline pilot either, and I feel like still today there's kind of like this this adage and like the only thought is you're not a real successful pilot unless you become a major airline pilot, and I was just thinking what you thought about that. Why, like, first off, why didn't you go to the airlines? And second off, what do you think about kind of uh the that just that kind of mindset that you have to be an airline pilot to have a good career? Well. I think for me, uh,
1: I never say never, but I, I, I don't ever see myself going to the airlines. I feel like it'd be too much of a step back at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I mean, I mean, if United or someone offered me like a spot, on like a triple seven. I, I mean,
0: it's a triple seven, right? I mean, i might be like, <laughs> yeah. all
1: right. I mean, yeah. but I mean, is that going to happen? Probably not. right? <laughs> you know? So, uh, the airlines never really had the draw to me. I I don't I don't really think that, and I'm about to probably piss off a bunch of airline guys. I don't really think that you fly very much. I think yeah. it takes a lot of the pilot out of you. You're you're given a dispatch sheet, you're given your fuel load, you're given everything. It's all loaded in the box via A cars and da-da-da-da-da. You get in, you push back, you take off, autopilot on, off you go, you yeah. land, you walk off the airplane. But a lot of guys love that. And and maybe as I get older, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I might get into that. But for me, that that doesn't have the appeal. It's never had the appeal. I really like, I really like talking to the passengers. I really like greeting the people. Uh, I I like being you know hands on with everything. I, I enjoy flight planning. I enjoy flying the airplane. I enjoy all that stuff. That I really, you know, if somebody handed me a flight plan, I I, I still to this day would be like, oh, I'd kind of rather do it myself. Um, <laughs> that's just how I am. So for, for me, I don't think it would be, I wouldn't really be fun. It, it would just be a, a job. Yeah. You know, this is something that, you know, I, I have a report with a lot of the passions I fly with. Uh, we're on a first name basis. Like, I mean, even a cell phone basis with some of these, you know, big time clients that we have. Yeah. And, I, and I, and I enjoy that. And it, it has nothing to do with, with who they are. I just enjoy uh, the relationships you, know, you can create. Yeah, yeah. Interacting with people and Being able to go into the cabin, you know, I usually go back a couple of times per flight and just check on everyone and talk with everyone. And, um, so, um, more so than airlines right now, I'm I'm more focused on the management side of, of aviation and, Mm -hmm. and being, you know, not only the pilot, but also the manager of the aircraft and, you know, seeing kind of what that has and learning the business side of, of 135 and 91 flying. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's kind of where I've always been with the airlines. I, I I have nothing against it. I know it's a great life, and I'm sure there's a ton of guys who are gonna say, "Oh, you're an idiot for not doing it." <laughs> but uh, you know, right now, I I don't. I I know that the hiring doors are kind of starting to open, and the, yeah. the jobs are getting sweeter and stuff like that. But as of now, um, I still would love to get into like a five fifty, six fifty, five hundred, six hundred, something like that. Uh but who who knows man it like i said it's it's here we go on the tangent of like this is what i think i'm going to be in a year <laughs> and then it doesn't right. doesn't go away but uh, that's kind of why I never did it. I feel like you're more of a bus driver versus someone that's really like flying the airplane.
0: No, that's definitely true. I mean, I, I definitely that is true. And I'm sure there are some pilots that are still with the airlines that do fly more than others, but you're right. You kind of, sure. it's uh, more of it's done for you and you only get paid for the time of you being in the plane to fly. You know, there are some bad things about being an airline pilot where you, the commute can suck. You know, you're doing it on your own dime. You have to pay for your hotel. And I think that's changed a little bit. They've tried to make commutes a little bit better. I'm not the best one to ask because I'm not airline pilot, and neither are you. Right. So but yeah, I mean, I when I tell people where I work and people that work at airlines, and even my dad who's an airline pilot, when I when I told him the job I got, he's like, you know, the first thing you need to do is go apply for American. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm kind of happy where I'm at right now. <laughs> but it's just like there's just this thought process that you have to be a major a captain at American Airlines when you're 65 to have a, a great career. You know? It's just like right. um but I think it's changing because corporate has stepped up on their pay and it's it's crazy what you can make now flying a a phenom at some places so it's definitely changed and i think that the the culture and the market is changing a little bit i don't know if we'll ever get to what airline pay is going to be because that's also changing and getting crazy high as well but you know it's uh, two types of flying for everyone and like we said you can have a good career a great career everywhere yeah i mean the the pay scales for
1: everyone is going way up because there is a pilot shortage and we're running out of of you know of guys that can sit in the cockpit at least at the level that. At, at a higher level for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one of the biggest things I didn't mention with corporate aviation is like, is the lifestyle. I mean, you, you're never going to go to some of these places that I've been in a triple seven. I mean, unless you fly like VP Cal or whatever that famous one is, but <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're never going to end up in Eleuthera or, you know, the Bahamas or all these all these little tiny islands, um, you know, and you're never going to go to, you're only going to go to where that airline flies, right? right. And it was oh well I can airline on my days off for free. I mean, that's cool. Uh, but you know, I, I just think it's <laughs> awesome when we get a trip to, you know, we're going Hawaii or South America, or wherever we're going, and it's like we're staying for six, seven, eight days, and yeah. get to go explore, and we bring our surfboards and golf clubs or whatever it is, and it's like you really get to explore the world more than just I'm here for my min rest layover and then right. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, but again it's it's everyone to each their own i'm not saying one's better than the other but for me like lifestyle wise if i can go fly somewhere catch some waves and have some fun and even bring friends and uh, meet new people and and make new friends that's to me that that's pretty cool i agree yeah there's definitely added value in that it's not always about like well i make i make more money than you i'm like oh that's that's cool but i mean uh, it, it's it's not just about that.
0: <laughs> you also look thirty years older than me, and you're five years <laughs> younger. <laughs> yeah, but cool. So, you I mean, made twenty I'm, grand more. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm still young, so yeah. still kind of. Uh,
1: I'm I'm in no hurry to really like figure out what I'm right. Gonna, you know, like I'm just gonna sit in in this airplane. There, there are a lot of guys like I'm just gonna retire here and I'm good. And I'm like, hey, that's great. But for me, it's. Uh, I, I actually, this whole thing in aviation, you know, flying Gulfstream and stuff, happened a lot sooner. Um, then I thought it would have, uh, kind of with the way things were going back then I was mm-hmm. like, man, it's, it's going to be a grind to get into a heavy jet because it was just so competitive and this is years ago and now it's, you know, I mean, everyone's looking for pilots. So all yeah. those guys building time, you guys are in a great
0: spot. If you, you play your cards, right? Absolutely. I I completely agree. Uh, the the next and pretty much the last part I have for you is a little rapid fire section. And I just ask you some random aviation questions and you just come up with the quickest and the fastest answer that you can possibly think of. All right. You ready? I got one. I got one for you. (laughs) Okay. What you got? (laughs) Um, if you could fly one airplane, what would it be? Oh, uh, let's see. One airplane, any airplane at all. I really love the 787. I think that'd be sweet to fly. Like if I get like a 787, like BBJ, that would be yep. sweet.
1: Oh, okay. All yeah. right. That's
0: a good one. Yeah. All what, right. What, what like about that. you? Oh, it's a tie
1: between the 747-8 just because it's, that's the 747 yeah. or the, or the B2. Okay. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I we be see sweet. it flying all the time around Victorville and when we're coming in. It's like, god i think it's cool yeah.
0: <laughs> i don't know if you'll be able to fly that one but you never know you know the pilot shortage might get pretty bad one day <laughs>
2: uh,
0: i probably never won't i <laughs> never will never won't never will but yeah. uh hey man i also don't Sorry. think there will be a 787 business jet in my life either but hey you never there know there already there already is one. Well, oh, i meant for me to fly i feel like i'd be oh, a hard yeah. job to get but you never know your yeah. jet out of tokyo already has one. Oh, really yeah. I'm going to start hitting them up, send them my resume. Yo, dude, dude <laughs> Hey, you never know, man. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that plane is, I just love the way the 787 looks. Whenever I'm flying corporate out on the major airports, the only time I really get jealous of an airline flying is when I see a 787. I'm just like, dang, that thing looks like it's fun to fly. Or just You're an awesome, off. yeah, I've flown on one. So I said my dad flies for American. We were able to fly standby from Chicago to Shanghai, there and back, right. business class each way. It was oh, so, wow. so sick. Yeah, it was awesome that's amazing yeah so it was super cheap and it was great in business class if you if you can ever figure out a way to fly business class at least once time highly recommend it it's amazing oh yeah i've i've done it it's yeah. it's, it's very it's well worth it yeah for sure <laughs> sometimes yeah but when you pay for the ticket you might think that it's not worth it but once you get off the flight you would be like dang that was sweet <laughs> yeah when you're on the airplane for like yeah. nine hours yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> 10 hours, 16 so. hours going to shanghai <laughs> yeah
1: i think we did it was like nine or no, it was like 11 or 12 hours to Tokyo. And then we did another like seven hours on a Jakarta thing. I don't know, it was long. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. a long time
0: to be in an airplane for sure. For sure. All right. So what are these questions? All right. I got some, let's say, let's start with this. What's your least favorite airline to fly on? Uh,
1: probably. <laughs> uh i'll just i'm gonna go with united just because we're always delayed every time i see them, I find myself on one of those things
0: <laughs> what's the ugliest airline liver you've ever seen
1: mm. <laughs> uh, the ugliest airline probably the old
0: southwest like the oh, brown and yeah oil. yeah 100 percent agree <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah that's bad all right new, is, new ones are nice yeah new. One, i like the new blue i grew on me a lot honestly it was until yeah. a couple weeks ago i was like no that's not bad the first ones just looked awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that guy got fired as soon as he said, like, this is what we're doing. You're gone. Yeah, See yeah, exactly. What's the ugliest airplane in general you've ever seen? Oh, the, uh, a 380 by far. Yeah. That's an ugly plane, man. I, I couldn't, the first day
1: we, we we were there at LAX and it flew in and like to watch it, you know, like, it's a big deal. And I remember it like pulled up right in front of the, where we were all standing. I was just like, did, Is that the, is that it? That's the one. That's
0: That's what we're going with. That's what you guys got. That's
1: that's the design thing. I was like, man, that is hideous. It looks like a huge, like whale. Yeah.
0: No, that's an appropriate way to describe it. whale. (laughs) (laughs) it's bad. Not a cool whale. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's a good one. Yeah. And there's probably, that's probably part of the reason why it didn't last too long, you know, outside of the enormous, outrageous costs and how you can take a triple seven and do whatever that thing can do at like half the cost. Yeah. It's, well they messed the wing is
1: too short yeah that's that's so it's inefficient it needs a that's why the triple seven x is having that folding wing so is they need longer wings so i don't know it, you, you can go down that wormhole all yeah. day
0: <laughs> yeah just lord help anyone behind an a380 and anything smaller because that thing's gonna knock you around Oh <laughs> well, yeah uh, yeah we <laughs> 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 yeah i know what you mean uh it's crazy all right so you are um going to an airport or you're going to go pick up a plane you have the airline there you have a connection what's your go-to food when you're at an airline or you're at an airport oh i usually uh
1: i just sit at the little like little whatever like hudson stores and just get uh this is so funny. This is no one's ever going to expect this. I get the already cracked pistachios.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs>
1: it's the only place I get them. Yeah. So yeah. And then you just have, you dude, pistachios are so good, but it's such a hassle to be such cracking. A hassle. Things, so.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. And they
1: always actually, they ask you every time they're like, uh, sir, you know, these are $14, right? I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah, like, you're like, I'll take two of them. Let's it's go. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous how expensive they're. They're very
0: good. That's funny. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting you to say that at all. But hey, no. there you go, man. <laughs> you're no. probably the only reason why they keep them in stock at all, the Hudson Bees.
1: I am, I am like, probably their, their number one customer. They, I, they should probably send me some right now for that plug. So. <laughs> yeah, we I'll,
0: I'll send them a message. <laughs> they probably already know who you are. There's a bag coming your <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, they got me. <laughs> what is uh, your favorite airplane you've ever flown?
1: Oh, the favorite airplane I've ever flown. Um, that's tough. I, I honestly, I love the Gulfstream. It's so, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so easy and nice to fly. Uh, I really, I'm going to have to go with the Cessna 210 just cause I, I flew with so many of my friends and we had so much fun on yeah. an airplane. That's cool. So, I like you know, that. It was, it was just the me- memory based, not performance based. Yeah.
0: If you had to choose between the King Air and the Pilatus because you've flown both. I've flown the Pilatus and I love the Pilatus. So I'm very biased, but you've kind of flown the best of both. Which one would you choose? It
1: depends. So the King air 350 is,
0: is a great
1: airplane. Uh, it's great for charters and it's good at what it does. If I had, if I had the money and I had, I could buy an airplane, I would buy a Pilatus yeah. just like so could flat around, like by myself and do fun stuff with it. Um, at, for, as a charter bird with like
0: all these people in bags, it's kind of a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have, yeah, I have had that thing pretty well grossed out, taken off and <laughs> it's like, come on, come on, let's yeah. go. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. If the I King- could, if I could buy yeah. any, any airplane winning the lottery Pilatus without a doubt. Yeah. It's such a great little, like not little, but it's a great airplane to have. And, yeah. Uh, it,
1: but the King Air will still put up pretty good numbers. When, even when it's fully loaded, the Pilatus mm-hmm. does not.
0: Well, that's where that other engine comes in to help out a little yeah, bit, that, right? Yeah, that whole, that whole thing out there on yeah, the line. Yeah, no, the, the whole second <laughs> engine, yeah. Uh, yeah. But what the Pilatus can do with one engine is unbelievable, you know? It's like the fuel yeah. efficiency that you have, and it just makes so much sense.
1: Yeah, they're super cool. I mean, yeah. it's a good-looking airplane. pressurized, the whole deal. So, no, it's, it's, they're just very different. They're, they'd be hard, uh,
0: hard yeah. to choose. All right, here's one. Would you rather have short legs or long legs, flying-wise? Long. <laughs> long all right uh long, would, yeah. would you rather I got, fly That was like no, no pun intended <laughs> i know right <laughs> would you rather fly over the beach mountains the country or the ocean uh beach and then ocean all right well
1: i'll tell you i'll tell you why long legs though all right what you got because a long leg or a short leg you put in the exact same amount of work to get the airplane going so if you're going to you set it all up and I mean, all you do is fly to San Francisco in the G4. It takes like, you know, 41 minutes (laughs) and then you're like, all right, we're done. So I'd rather get our money's worth actually sit up there for, you know, the endurance of the airplane. And you know, that, that to me is much more enjoyable, but I mean, you know, Short legs. Teach his own. You can,
0: yeah. You're busy. It's good to have so, a mix up of things. You know, you don't want to have 10 hour legs every single time because obviously you'll get no. kind of burnt out. But yeah, 41 flight or even some of the flights that we do, we go from, uh, we're we from Oakland to San Francisco. And it's like, you don't know, even put the gear up. It's oh like, God. all right, go yeah. here, right base, That's sit down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right. Yeah. But and it's crazy. For, uh, for ocean
1: stuff. I mean, like the oceanic flights, like the Hawaii, those are my favorite flights to do by far. Yeah. If I could do Hawaii for all my flights, I would, would
0: do it for the rest of my life. It's there so much fun. I haven't been to Hawaii yet. I need to get. Or I've been as a like going on my own. I haven't flown there myself though. Can that? Can your airplane make it? No, it can't. No. It has something to do with, like the oxygen bottles. I don't know. They don't have. They're like fifteen minutes away from making it there. But the company I have, they have other airplanes. So like, all right, That's cool. What is we'll that, that thing called Etops? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know the whole Etops thing. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. dang it, what a downer. I know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's there's opportunities to move up to a plane that can do it. So. You know, it's right. not a big deal. It's, it's a it's a fun flight. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy. It. And the overnight there would be cool too. I love Hawaii. Can't beat it. Yep. Uh, what was I going to say? All right, I have a couple more. What uh, is your favorite approach you've ever flown? Um,
1: Catalina with all your friends is pretty fun, especially when they're afraid of flying because they're freaking <laughs> out. Uh, and I used to fly in Mexico at night in a single engine and we would fly into San Felipe at night and it has all well, basically
0: no lights. So that was fun for a different that reason. <laughs> pretty gnarly. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is your least favorite airport to fly into?
1: Hmm. My least favorite airport. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know if I have like an airport that I hate. What about if you don't have an airport you hate, you could talk about like uh, maybe like the scariest approach or like your least favorite approach or like, I don't know, just some, something that you don't like in aviation. <laughs> um, really? The only thing I don't like is when people are late,
1: totally maybe, off yeah. topic, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't have like any, any like super scary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do in single engines, but nothing like, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's, I love flying into LAX, uh, yeah, it's a good one. right next to my house, but then I got to get right back in and repo over to Van Nuys. So it's oh, a, that's little, just, bit of a yeah. little bit of a hassle. It's an annoying flight.
0: But yeah.
1: But no, I, I really, I, I don't, I don't hate any, any airport
0: per se. Cool. Uh, that works. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I accept yeah. that answer. Well, try, cool, to try, man. To be try to be positive. Yeah, I try to be positive. You have survived the podcast, so <laughs> your right, first man. one Thanks. is done. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I think that people are going to love your story. I've had a lot of people reach out and tell me, "Hey, get this dude Alex on." And like I said, it's been a year in the making, and I've been some angry people like, "Why haven't you got him on yet?" But finally yeah. got him on. Uh, I'm excited to get it out there, and I think it's going to be really cool for people to to hear your story and just how you didn't do it the normal way and how you got the to tail UAVs, you got to fly for Red Bull, or not for well, technically for Red Bull, but you got to do a lot of cool things when you're flying and building your time. And I think it's important to tell people that there's other routes out there. So I think that this can just really open up other people to maybe not be a CFI and find a different way to to go into the aviation world. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. There's definitely no. uh There's a million different ways
1: to fly an airplane. Bunch of different ways to build your time and try to have as much fun. And you know, just keep keep doing it. To, doing it if you love it. Yeah. And, uh, try to learn as much as you can. And, and definitely, um, you know, with aviation, it's great. You, you never know it all and you're never the best. And that's why it's pretty fun. Cause you're constantly chasing something that, uh, you know, you'll never really get, but it's fun because it's, the drive and like the want is always there. Yeah,
0: I would agree. And that's well said. Perfectly said. Couldn't have said it better myself. But yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank No you. worries. Any we'll time. have to get you on sometime again in another yeah, year. For sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, appreciate it. We'll uh, uh, fly safe and um, yeah, we'll, we'll chat and right. uh, I'm sure I'll run into you soon here. All right, man. Sounds good. All right. Shoot, See you later. later.
0: And that is a wrap of episode number 66 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. I want to give a shout out to the latest Patreon supporter, Joe Bradshaw. Joe, thanks for being a $20 supporter. If you'd like a shout out, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash pilot the pilot. Put a shout out at the end, maybe at the beginning of every single episode from here on out. If I don't, make sure you keep me accountable. But Aviation, if you enjoyed today's episode, check us out on Instagram at pilot the pilot. Leave us a review on iTunes. Email me any feedback at pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. And Aviation, I hope to see you all at Oshkosh. We're doing a meetup at Oshkosh. Make sure you stay tuned. More details to come. Aviation, happy flying.